Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome into the Monday, July the 16th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we continue this training camp preview as we are officially entering the final week before there is actual football. We'll start with the big ugly say of the offensive lineman. How does this line compare to lines in recent Miami past? What is the short-term and long-term vision of the group? And how many guys will Gaze and company keep? But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each of you guys that have not done so already to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review once you are there. We are up to a five-star rating now once again. We had the show at five stars, and then the show went off the air for a while before I took over, and we've gotten from 4.5 up to five stars on the review. So thank you so much for doing that, you guys. Give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins, and of course, LockedOnDolphins.com. There is written pieces up on there every day talking about the same thing we're talking about in the podcast here, getting into the players and their positions and their salaries and all that fun stuff. And of course, I'd be remiss to not mention the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and get this podcast started. That's another Miami Dolphins. So one of the things I wanted to bring up talking about this offensive line was the overall vision of the team, both in the interim and the long-term versions of it. And We've talked about it all offseason, what this team was planning on doing around the quarterback and building up Ryan Tannehill to be the guy, the face of the franchise. If you look at any social media out there, whether it's the website, their Twitter stuff they put out, the mic'd up sessions, it all revolves around Ryan Tannehill. The wallpapers for your desktop background, for your iPhone. You look on the Dolphins' main page, the watermark is a Ryan Tannehill image from practice this year. So everything really revolves around number 17, around the quarterback. And that was the vision of the both the social media department and the actual football department with the Miami Dolphins and getting Ryan Tannehill back into the program, build the offense around him and get him comfortable in here and basically try to create this interchangeable cog that you can filter in new players year in and year out. But as long as the quarterback is in place, you always have a chance. And that's what a lot of these teams that consistently compete, not showing up once in 2008, not showing up once in 2016. The teams that are always in the playoff hunt are the ones that consistently get good quarterback play and have continuity on the offense through the coaching staff, through the quarterback, and it reverberates throughout the rest of the roster. And that's the best way for Adam Gaze to build up some equity as far as job security here in Miami. And if Tannehill succeeds, Gaze will be the head coach here for a long time. It is just that simple. Now, as far as the long-term version goes on this offensive line, I think they have some developing to do this season. And there are some question marks for nearly every starter along the group in regards to their future beyond 2018. So I want to run down this list of the linemen like we've been doing on the podcast before this one with the receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks. We'll do it with the offensive line, but kind of talk about where this team is going at the future of the position in regards to developing some of these younger guys to possibly replace older guys or guys that are on contracts, what have you. So that's what we'll do on the podcast. We'll talk about the starters, the backups, who makes the team, and who doesn't. But just 
referencing this group of guys compared to what the Dolphins have had in years past. And obviously recently, we've, we all know what it's been. It's been a complete tire fire at a couple positions, total turnstiles, guys that are out of the league. And it happens year in and year out. Dallas Thomas, Billy Turner, the most notable ones, but there's been plenty before them, both at right tackle, left tackle, the interior spots. Every single position has had a turnstile with new guys coming in and out, guys that are out of the league, like we mentioned, and guys that never really got another opportunity elsewhere beyond Miami, and that's not the case with this group. This is a group of guys that if they left Miami right now, they would find jobs elsewhere, and I can say that per for every single lineman on this offensive line that's starting right now, and you look at Dan Kilgore, for example, the 49ers thought well enough of him to give him a contract extension, then of course in free agency they find out that Weston Richburg becomes available, who is a better player than Dan Kilgore, and so they make a move to get rid of Kilgore, free up that salary to pay Richburg to make an upgrade there. We upgrade in the process as well, so it, everyone won on that deal, and the same goes for Josh Sitton, a free agent that chose Miami over other places. Laramie Tunzel was a very high pick in this you know, in the draft a couple of years ago, Jawan James is a guy that has competed at a high level. And Jesse Davis shows a lot of upside last year. So each one of these guys that's going to be starting for this team just gives you a lot more optimism than we had in the past where it was Jermon Bushrod saying, well, at least he has continuity. Maybe the shoulder injury is why he didn't play well in 2016. Maybe it'll be better than 2017. That wasn't the case. Mike Pouncey being injured all the time and not being able to practice because of it as a result. And a major problem that Pretty much every team in the league has, and the Dolphins were no exception to that rule for a long time, was that, yeah, you have a nice set of linemen, maybe two or three guys that you feel really good about, but you still have two holes in that line, and that's where teams will attack, and it makes the rest of the line even worse. It's like the New York Giants, for instance. They went out and drafted Will Hernandez, who I love, the left guard there. They went out and signed Nate Solder, who is a good player, not worth the elite money that he got. And they think that because they made these two upgrades that they're all of a sudden going to have a good offensive line. And while the left side will be better, you still have a right guard and right tackle that are not worth a damn. And that was the case for the Dolphins for a long time, but not this year. There is not a weak leak on this offensive line. We're going to go ahead and start talking about these guys on the other side of the podcast here. And we'll go ahead and start the left side with Laramie Tunzel on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. It's at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. We are on part four of the training camp preview talking about the Dolphins offensive lineman and it starts with left tackle Laramie Tunzel, the 23-year-old out of Ole Miss. He was a 13th pick in the draft back in 2016. He's on that first year contract or, or first contract of his career, first round draft contract where he got guaranteed $12 million. He's making just $3 bucks this year. He is signed through 2020, has a chance for the fifth year option after the season going into 2020. I should say 2019 is when he signed through. He has an option for 2020. And his career has been so strange in regards to the where he's played, how he got drafted. Everything has just been unique with this guy. And it was a bit of a struggle for him last year. The pre-snap penalties were where he really got dinged a lot of the time. And it really put this team in a hole. Anytime you get an offensive penalty, a hold, or even a false start, puts you so far behind the chains that it's almost essentially a drive killer. And the way the Dolphins were getting pre-snap penalties last year was just an absolute killer. And it all kind of started with Tunzel at the left side. And he played worse than he did in his rookie season in 2016 when he played out of position at guard. But he had two veterans in Mike Pouncey and Brandon Albert. So now that he has Josh Sitton at left guard next to him, you hope that he can help improve that inside post with some of the stuff like stunts and twists and things that get the communication beaten up and ultimately lead to the quarterback getting beaten up too. So Josh Sitton is the big free agent signing for the Dolphins this offseason. The left guard, he'll play inside next to Larry Tunzel. He is signed for two years, $8 million guaranteed of a seven-year, just about $7 million 
yards per year base if he plays both those two seasons. He's one of the best left guards in pro football focus era history as far as their grading system goes. Not a real mauler in the, gr in the ground game at this point, but still phenomenal in pass protection where Miami needs him to be great at. Same thing goes for Dan Kilgore. He comes over from the 49ers. Dolphins swapped seventh round draft picks for him. It was only a few spots in that seventh round. He is making under four million bucks a year through 2020 with seven million dollars of that contract guaranteed. So he could be here for a while. He is 30 years old. If he plays out that contract, that'll probably be just about it for him in the NFL. But he is a very cerebral player, a guy that's going to communicate the offense very well to the rest of the line, get the checks in the right place. And he's out there for practice, which is a big deal, something the Dolphins did not have last year. Again, great in pass protection, running game. He's not the most athletic guy. His tapes uh, will show him on the ground quite often and more than you'd like to see for a guy that is playing professional football. But nonetheless, still a good player, and in my opinion, an upgrade over Mike Pouncey. Moving over to the right guard position, Jesse Davis was one of my favorite guys to watch last year. I caught on to him pretty early on in the season and was singing his praises throughout the course of the year, saying that he really played at a high level down the stretch when he got the starting right guard job. He was all over the place playing left guard, right guard, right tackle. And it's nice that you know that you can plug him in if an injury happens at one of the other spots, if you so have to. But just looking at what he did both in the running game as a pass protector and the way he communicated different things and got different blitzes and exotic looks caught up compared to what other right guards and center combinations weren't doing in previous years in Miami. Jesse Davis had a very nice end of the season and, and his contract is very cheap as well. So you hope that he can continue that play on that cheap level contract. That's how you continue to build a line around him to make the overall group better because those guys that are cheap players that play very well can give you a lot of wiggle room. And that's what we're hoping Jesse Davis can be for the next couple of years. But then you go to the right tackle spot and this is a guy the Dolphins might have to pay down the line. And this is kind of where we get into that point from the top of the podcast and Jawan James, who has injured or ended two of his four seasons on the injured reserve list. But when he's played since he got benched in 2016 against the Cleveland Browns, ever since he came back into the fold, he played really well at right tackle. He shut Joey Bosa down last year in the opener and played well through the first several games of the season, earned a top five pro football focus grade at right tackle before getting hurt. And this is a big year for Juwan James. No way around that. Whether he gets the money from Miami or not, he's going to get paid this offseason so long as he can stay healthy. And that just goes to speak to the fact that Juwan James is in a contract year. Josh Sitton is like 32 years old. Dan Kilgore is 30 years old. Jesse Davis, he had one nice year. We'll see what happens with him. And Laramie Tunzel has been more hype than actual production in his career. So each of these five guys, there is really a route to get them off the football team after this year if things don't go the right way. Probably not Tunzel so much or even Jesse Davis, but some of these guys could definitely find themselves in new places next year. So that's why it's very important for the Dolphins to build this depth beyond them because the two guys we'll talk about here real quick before the break that are going to be reserve swing tackle and swing interior guys are veterans themselves. Sam Young, 31 years old, he's going to be the top tackle off the bench, and Ted Larson, 31, will be the top guard off the bench unless somebody can beat them out that's not expected to in training camp. And Sam Young had a nice end of the year last season, but he let's just be very honest about what he is. He'll, he'll play in a pinch. He can start you a game or two, but you don't want him out there for much more than that. And the same probably goes for Ted Larson at this point of his career, eight years in the league. He played a little bit last year, was not phenomenal, was not terrible, was definitely an upgrade over what the Dolphins are doing at left guard before he came into the lineup. But those guys both on the wrong side of 30. So Miami's going to have to build some depth behind these guys. And there are plenty of guys to potentially develop behind them on this roster. We'll talk about them next, as well as fill out the rest of the roster on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. 
We talked about the starters and the top two reserve linemen on the roster in the first segment of the show. And that, of course, Larry Tunzel, Josh Sitton, Dan Kilgore, Jesse Davis, Jawan James, Sam Young, and Ted Larson. I have the Dolphins keeping eight offensive linemen right now. It looks like on my board I, I kept eight of them. So the battle for the eighth spot comes down to Jake Brendel, Isaac Asiata, and Eric Smith for my money. Three guys that Brendel has some experience. He played as a center. He's probably the top the second best center on the roster. I guess Ted Larson could be that as well. So possibly Brendel could find himself on the street because of Larson's versatility inside. But Brendel has played some with this team. He's played in the NFL. And last year in that Atlanta Falcons game, the Dolphins got blanked in the first half. I know you can't put points on a center exchange or going in and out of the game, but Jake Brendel comes in at halftime. Dolphins explode for a huge second half and that comeback win. So he has played and played well at times in his NFL career. Isaac Asiata is just so out of control in his technique and the way he gets into the open field. He has a lot of power he plays behind, but his technique needs so much refining that I don't know if you can ever find his way onto the actual field because last year in week 17 they didn't even play him in that Buffalo game when all the backups were getting run in that game and he was still having his red shirt going on so I have him as the ninth offensive lineman if they keep one if they don't he'll be gone but I have him on the roster as the ninth offensive lineman and then up next is Eric Smith the right tackle that played very well in the preseason last year but got hurt and for those kind of guys you just can't recover from that and make a roster that same year because of various reasons I mean you're already up against long shot odds but he had to come over overcome that as well as an injury so he's gonna have to play well this preseason to have a shot to possibly unseat Sam Young I I suppose that could be a scenario that happens but I have him on the practice squad after getting cut he can kind of spend a whole year to get the knee back in shape and get ready to possibly take over for the swing tackle spot in 2019 for Sam Young when he becomes a free agent Zach Sterup he played last year in that Buffalo game and it was an absolute disaster for him just could not get it figured out a lot a lot of pressures in that game and was just overwhelmed by the Buffalo Bills pass rush so I have him getting cut as well Rubens Joseph a 23 year old from the University of Buffalo he is a huge huge guy but his goal should be to make the practice squad that's probably his top level the the ceiling for his season this year would be practice squad behind him Mike Matthews he has two years of service in the league he was an unrestricted free agent this year has bounced around has not played a down in the NFL but he does have NFL bloodlines Bruce Matthews of course Casey Matthews Clay Matthews all those guys that came down the line he is cut from that cloth he he gets cut as well so does Connor Hillian the undrafted free agent rookie out of William and Mary he's 23 years old number 61 on the jersey He's competing with Jake Brendel for the backup center job. If he can do that, it'll be a cheaper player, undrafted player. They can go ahead and groom him for a few years. And then my last guy making the practice squad that gets cut as well as the Purdue tackle, David Steinmetz. Like I said, he gets onto the practice squad because of his size and length and hopefully can build up some rapport behind Jawan James as a possible backup tackle down the line. So this offensive line in general as a whole, I feel good about it. For the first time in a long, long time, I think the Dolphins are in a position to actually be one of the better offensive lines. This line's not going to maul people in the running game. They're not going to line up with power and run the ball down teams' throats. So... It's going to be a finesse line that can pass protect, and you hope they can play with the lead and continue to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. The receivers do their jobs. It helps the offensive linemen do their jobs as well. So I'm excited about the group, but they definitely are going to have to go back to the drawing board next season if a lot of these guys are not able to develop, talking about Isaac Asiata, Eric Smith, and then that list of players I named earlier on the podcast as well. So for this podcast, it's about all I got for you guys. It is the all-star break right now in baseball. The World Cup is over. There is nothing going on in the football world. It's going to be a total dead stretch, dead sprint 
from here to the start of training camp. But luckily, we have this series to take us right up to July the 26th when the Dolphins do begin their practice. I've got Kevin Dern on the podcast for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. Then again next week on Tuesday and Wednesday, we are going position by position on defense. And I know you guys will love his takes on this defense because he is a very well-versed man on the wide nine scheme and this Miami Dolphins defense. You can find his defensive preview piece in the middle of the week sometime, probably on Wednesday or Tuesday, up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And the reason we took Monday off with Kevin is because Kyle Krabs of Draft Network LLC will join the podcast on next Monday to talk about his new venture as well as some Miami Dolphins football. But as for today's show, that will do it. Tomorrow's show will have another Twitter mailbag, the last one before the actual training camp stuff gets underway. So keep an eye out for that on Twitter. So let's go ahead and wrap this podcast up. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On Network. And you guys have a terrific rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for the tight ends and another edition of Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.